is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. The number, if you want to join the show, is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Bonnie. And we may have a special uh, third host joining us tonight. We'll wait on announcing who that is going to be if he steps through the door, which I expect him to probably within a a matter of moments. Uh, There's, of course, a lot... In the news, worthy of discussion, and one of the most insane headlines that I saw today, and by the way, coming up, we'll talk about the pig story that you had last night, Bonnie, we didn't get to, Mm -hmm. Uh, but one of the most insane headlines that I saw today from uh, the Independent in the UK is that the US federal gang is considering sanctioning not Russia, but now India. What? For Russia's actions? So, apparently, the UN had themselves a vote recently regarding the Ukraine situation. Mm. And in that vote, apparently the India government representatives abstained from the vote on the UN General Assembly resolution to condemn the Russian invasion of Ukraine. That's funny because when I saw that, I thought if I was one of them voting, not that I'd ever be a government official in the UN voting, but right. if I was, I would just abstain from that ridiculous yeah, you, vote. They didn't take a position. Hmm. They simply said, you know what, we're just going to step away from this. Uh, even You know what I heard the other day, too, is that Switzerland has finally stopped being neutral. Hmm. After however many, you know, I don't know, well, decades. I also saw that like 30 countries remained or abstained. Oh, really? Or maybe like 20, but there were some that voted against it. Mm-hmm. And then like at least 20 or 30 that abstained. Well, apparently uh, now speaking to the uh, members of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, a senior U.S. diplomat said the Biden administration is considering sanctions against India. Simply because they didn't take the U.S.'s side, they're now talking about punishing the Indian people. Because remember, it is the people who suffer the greatest under sanctions. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Uh, but this is this just goes to show this is just a criminal enterprise from top to bottom. If you don't go with the criminal gang... Uh, they will come after you. And in fact, I do have a story about sanctions from one of your favorite sources, Bonnie. The fee, oh, fee, oh, wait, no, you usually use EF, uh, not EFF. You use uh, fee. fee. This is the Future of Fred Freedom Foundation, another hmm. three-letter one. Uh, Jacob Hornberger writes this story about the evil of sanctions. He says, after maneuvering Russia into choosing either one to permit the U.S. to install its missiles, bases, troops, tanks, and weaponry along Russia's border in Ukraine... Or two, to invade Ukraine to prevent that from happening. Biden, the Pentagon, and the CIA are now responding to Russia, uh, their choice of number two, by imposing brutal sanctions on the Russian people. Sure, they're making out like the sanctions are targeting Putin and the Russian elites in the government that are supporting the invasion, but that's just another lie. In fact, the sanctions are designed to do the same thing as against sanctions in Iran, Cuba, North Korea, China, Iraq, Afghanistan, and elsewhere. They are designed to squeeze the Russian people with impoverishment and even death in the hope that they will protest and cause Vladimir Putin to change course or even violently revolt against Putin's regime. It's just crazy because I never remember, as a kid at least, watching like Fox News. I never remember the mainstream media ever saying, there's going to be sanctions on this, but we're only going to target the government. And 
it just makes me wonder if it's libertarians who point out all the time sanctions only hurt the people that have convinced the mainstream media they need to try to kind of convince the American public, no, Mm. sanctions are fine because we're just targeting the government. I've never heard them say that before. We're just targeting the government with these sanctions. We're just going after the bad guys. I've never heard them say that. But the reality is, and, and I don't know if you've seen any of this stuff, Bonnie, the average people over in Russia, many of whom are against war, many of whom do not want to see an invasion of Ukraine or continued conflict in Ukraine, Many of those people are being told, for instance, like OnlyFans, uh, whatever you call them, creators, I guess. Yeah, and YouTubers. Uh, yep, and YouTubers. They're being cut off. Hmm. They're being told, nope, uh, we can't send money to your bank. So, sorry, we're not going to be able to pay you due to you being in the wrong place, basically. And th- those are just two examples. I'm sure there are a myriad of other examples. There's one guy who's like in the crypto world who said he lived in Ukraine and escaped from Ukraine whence all this thing got started. And he um, is, I forget exactly where he ended up, somewhere east of there. I don't think he's in Russia, but his credit cards and debit cards aren't working. Hmm. So Wait, but he was a Ukrainian? Maybe he was in Russia. I don't know. But anyway, somebody who, again, isn't one of the elites... But now can't use his debit cards. Luckily, he has some cryptocurrency on hand, so he's not completely impoverished and some desperate uh, individual. Did you see that the Washington Post called this right at the beginning the first crypto war? No. And I clicked on that just to see what the heck they meant by that. And it just said because it's the first war where people will use cryptocurrency to still spend money when their bank accounts get frozen and stuff like that. And I was just like, what a weird thing. Why would you call it a crypto war? That makes it sound like it's a war over crypto. Yeah, it's definitely not that. At the same time, uh, the Ukrainian government gang has been putting up cryptocurrency addresses for people to donate. And as of yesterday, it's probably a lot more by now, but as of yesterday, they had over $200 million worth of Bitcoin that had been uh, donated, apparently. And that's ridiculous. It's insane. I can't imagine giving uh, any government cryptocurrency right you know they're going to use it to just kill people right they're going to kill people with this money they're going to enslave people they're going to draft people but anyway as he points out in this story at the future of freedom foundation hornberger writes that never mind that some protesters are likely to get killed or that a revolution will mean thousands of deaths because remember the idea purportedly behind sanctions is to get people to revolt and overthrow the government But that doesn't matter to the U.S. officials. What matters is the political goal they're striving to achieve with their sanctions. Well, nobody revolted when the economy was the worst, you know, it's been in years and people couldn't work or go outside. Nobody revolted. So why are they even trying sanctions? Nobody's going to care. I mean, when have sanctions actually caused a revolt? Look at uh, North Korea. They've been sanctioned for decades. And the people there are just... Either completely brainwashed and they believe the Kims are gods or they don't believe that, but they're afraid to do anything because they're surrounded by a bunch of brainwashed people who will do whatever it is that the the regime says. In Venezuela, they've had a lot of sanctions on for uh, the last decade or whatever, but they haven't overthrown their government, although there have been some pretty raucous protests that have gone on in the last decade. Still, Maduro sitting pretty, fat and happy. Uh, in the uh, the head office there so they haven't overthrown there and of course in cuba the castro brothers just got too old 
I mean, Fidel Castro was no longer in charge of the country because he just got too old. He, you know, ended up dying. So no one threw him out of office. So there's hardly any uh, examples, none that I'm aware of, of sanctions actually causing an overthrow of a government. Just Were there happen. sanctions on Somalia? Mm, I don't know, because in Somalia, the government just got just, I don't remember the exact story, but yeah, their government I've never failed, known the story. I just know ultimately. that they overthrew their government. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that was because of sanctions. But any number of foreigners who get killed in the process of trying to achieve that goal is entirely acceptable to the U.S. gang. That's why, for example, U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Madeleine Albright exclaimed that the deaths of half a million Iraqi children from the sanctions on Iraq were, quote, worth, worth it. it. Yep, I remember that. The first thing that must be recognized is the fundamental evil of targeting innocent people with death and impoverishment as a way to achieve a political goal. Isn't that why we condemn terrorism? Where is the moral justification hmm. for targeting the Russian people with death and impoverishment simply because their government is doing something that is illegal or unjustifiable? Yeah, if some radical Islamic or whatever went and suicide bombed and killed 30 people in a building, the government would be like, I stand with the blah, blah, blah people against this horrific attack. But when they kill half a million Iraqi children in the name of, I don't know, taking over the Iraq government, it's worth it. The number is 603-283-6160. You can join us here. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian and Bonnie in the studio tonight, and phones are open as always. You can join freedom-loving voluntarists and anarchists and libertarians for the upcoming Fork Fest. The sixth annual Fork Fest is happening this year, June 27th. Through July 3rd, and all you have to do to attend is get your campsite, your RV site, or your motel room reserved with Rogers Campground. There's no tickets for ForkFest. It's a decentralized camping festival uh, for freedom lovers, and it means that when it's when I say it's decentralized, it means there's no center. There's no uh, organizer. You don't have to get something approved to be... Doing something for Fork Fest. Yeah, you don't have to ask anyone's permission. You don't have to buy a ticket. You just get your campsite and then hang out with some freedom-loving people through Independence Day, actually. It's, uh, it ends July 3rd, but uh, it's that Saturday. I think that's going to be the second Saturday, July 2nd. There's usually a really awesome fireworks show at the campground, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, and, of course, you also want to check out the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which was sold out for the first time ever last year. You can expect that one to sell out again. Uh, but, again, Fork Fest has no tickets, so there is no sellout status unless we can somehow fill the entire campground. I don't expect that that's going to happen. ForkFest is a much smaller event, so uh, check out ForkFest.Party to learn more about it. That's an unofficial website. Again, ForkFest.Party. Uh, again, head over to Rogers Campground. Join us June 27th through July 3rd. We will be at ForkFest. Free Talk Live will be broadcasting, I should say. I don't know if I will be there. I hope to be, but I have to get permission from uh, my federal master's first basically have my restrictions reduced i hope you will i I think i'm optimistic that that is going to happen uh but uh, either way uh, free talk live will be there forkfest.party is where you can learn more we're going to talk more about sanctions on the way plus a pig controversy in new york state but first it's olivia calling from arizona olivia you're on free talk live 
Hey guys, I decided to call early today because by the end of the show, the phone lines are usually pretty crowded nowadays. Yeah, it's I don't true. Know if more people are. I don't know if more people are listening or just they've woken up after three hours. I don't know. I, that just seems to be the way it goes for whatever reason. People they just don't call until the last hour of the show in a lot of cases. But what was on your mind tonight? Um, so I finally joined social.freetalklive.com and. I kind of expected it to be a little like the Discord, but I've shared a lot of stuff and didn't get many replies. So I don't really know how it works, but it's been it's been interesting so far to try to figure it out. I just wanted to say real quick on that. Um, if you just go to social.freetalklive.com, it just brings up like a sign-up page. Mm-hmm. So if you want to see what it looks like before you sign up for it, it would actually be social.freetalklive.com slash the at symbol FTL if people just mm. want to look at it. I just wanted to throw that out because Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, uh, for a long time I didn't sign up because I was just like, I don't know what this is. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Uh there are I don't know how many active users on the site, but there are, you know, it's not a huge site. There's not a ton of uh ton of people on it. I think there's only several hundred people that have signed up and some amount of that is uh, spammers that we've had to delete their accounts. I think a lot of it is following other people so that way that they'll follow you back and then they'll see your posts. Otherwise, well, they you'll, might not you see can it. see the posts of the whole site if you click on the local uh, page that just shows oh, every yeah. single post that's that's coming any from anyone on the entire site. So yeah, there is a little learning curve. There. It does take a little bit of exploring, but it's really a lot like Twitter. So if you have used Twitter before, then you'll find it to be very familiar. Um, if you if you're new to Twitter, if you never used it before, then yeah, it'll definitely be a little bit of a learning curve. But uh, check it out. It's social.freetalklive.com. Uh, what else, Olivia, was on your mind tonight? Uh, oh, and thanks, thanks, Bonnie, for following me. You made my day. Um, so two two things real quick. Um, I watched a really interesting video. It was by, um, it was by, it's right here. I pulled it right up. Um, it was by Hudson Union Society, and it's John Perkins on how an economic hitman operates. Mm-hmm. And this, John Perkins guy talks about, have you heard of him already? Yeah, I remember hearing, if it's the same guy I'm thinking of, he used to work for the IMF and he explained how the IMF would give loans to these poor African nations and then, you know, if the nations would default on the loans, they would own their assets basically at that point. Yes, exactly. And Well, just poor countries around the world, including South America, so they would mm-hmm. offer these these huge loans that they knew that these countries probably couldn't pay back. The worst part is is that the money would actually go to these large, like, American corporations. So the money wasn't even really going to the country. It was going hmm. to corporations to build infrastructure. But the corporations didn't have to pay back. The countries did. So the wow. countries basically became slaves of the United States. And he mentions that the countries that refused, such as Panama and Ecuador. He mentions Panama and Ecuador. He says the jackals could come in after him, which were CIA operatives who would assassinate them. He mentions two of the leaders, uh, one from Ecuador and one from Panama, who were assassinated because he, he literally says, because I couldn't corrupt them. Hmm. So I just, it, when you hear about freezing bank accounts of the Canadians and things like that, it's just like there's no links these people won't go to. Like, I feel like if that, that didn't stop people, they would have no problems in bombing one of our own cities. And, and just, I, I just don't, 
I mean, yeah, if it justified war, you uh, you better believe it. If they wanted to go to war and they felt like they didn't have a good excuse that's going to persuade the American people, like nine <laughs> eleven, like or weapons of mass destruction or whatever their you know their boogeyman is, then I wouldn't put it past them. I think they absolutely would bomb their own people. I think they as did. A false flag to do that. Olivia, um, anything I, else you want to share I, tonight? Well, I don't think it would even be a false flag. Well, in Wellington in New Zealand, they actually set protest. They had, they had protesters had a, a tent, like a tent. I wouldn't say city, but they had set up tents because they were protesting long term and they just set them on fire. They created like this firestorm. And it's, I mean, how much further if people say people refuse to the draft to go to uh, to go to war or something, I mean, they could just start maybe maybe just i don't know killing people i really don't know where this stops i mean if they're, if they're willing to to assassinate leaders of foreign countries for not taking loans mm-hmm. that are that are clearly usurious i don't know where it would stop it won't it wouldn't stop i mean these people are power sick freaks and they will do anything to keep and expand that power yeah. and Thank you, Olivia, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. We were just talking about Madeleine Albright saying that the half a million, right? Half a million Iraqi Mm -hmm. children Children. that died uh, due to the U.S. going in, you know, the first time, by the way, this was in in Iraq. uh, The 90s. She said it was worth it. That's right. By the way, uh, (laughs) welcome to the show, TJ. TJ the Spy in the studio, my good sir. It's always a pleasure to be with you, and uh, I have an interesting proposal when we come back from from our uh, sponsors. Ian, I have uh, something to talk with you about Pi Day coming up. Oh, okay. All right. We can do that, and I know you're in town. I didn't know you were coming to Keene, so this is a total surprise. Uh, Matt actually just happened to be sick tonight, and so here you are. You're sitting in for him. So. I know. Chicken soup so for Matt. Thanks for, uh, for joining us here. We'll get into Pi Day on the way, plus uh, plenty to talk about with the pig controversy, more on sanctions. Your calls and thoughts are welcome, plus RT America is shutting down uh, completely. They're closing their uh, their American division. The number is 603-283-6160. And the phones are, of course, open for you if you want to weigh in here. 603-283-6160. I'm glad to know that was the real Olivia that I followed back on the Mastodon. Very good. Uh, more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join the show here if you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Ian, TJ the Spy, and Bonnie. Uh, of course, you can bring up anything you want. Coming up, we're going to get into the story that Bonnie has to talk about. She brought it in last night. We didn't get a chance to get to it. It's about a pig, not a cop. Actual, actual oink oink pig uh, that's caused some controversy in New York State, the Empire State. We'll get into that story in a little bit. 
Uh, plus, we were talking about sanctions before you arrived, TJ, and you had something about Pi Day you wanted to announce? Well, yes. As you know, I am a mathematician and engineer, so Pi Day, um, as you know, is Pi is 3.14 approximately, and one of the things we engineers do to entertain ourselves to, to try and show who knows more pi or digits of e or any other random constant, and we try to memorize 50 to 100 digits just to show off. <laughs> so um, this is one thing that I usually do, and I mention this because March 14th this year is Pi Day. It's always Pi it's Day. It's always Pi Day every March 14th, <laughs> yeah. but uh, Pi is approximately equal to 3.14159265358979323846264338327950288419716939375105820982094944. Were you Did checking I- it right there, Bonnie? Yep, I was checking his work. <laughs> I googled it. He nailed it? Yep. Okay. (laughs) How many digits was that? I think it's like 70 or so. Wow. You know what James, my husband, said when I did that to him? He said, that's not 100. And I said, honey, I didn't know I needed to memorize 100 (laughs) digits of pi to prove my undying love for you. (laughs) I'm divorcing you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I point this out because it's like push-ups. You know, Mm -hmm. how many push-ups can you do? And I don't care if you can do five or one or ten. I just want to know how many you can do. And then how many do you think you could do if you trained for a year doing push-ups all day, how many consecutive push-ups do you think you can do? And I think that's a wonderful thing you can do for the mind. Pi is a useful constant anyway, and, you know, it's always kind of fun to memorize things. Uh, At least it was for me, but Hmm. I mention that because March 14th this year, I received, thanks to Postal Inspector Brian Evans of the Boston Field Office, a summons to appear on March 14th. So you, my good sir, messed up my pie day. I'm going to be spending it in New Hampshire in front of the grand jury. Possibly. Maybe. 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 So that leads you. uh, You you know Law and Order, right? No, I've heard of it. It's a television television drama. It's a television law drama Mm -hmm. with Jack McCoy and a whole bunch of police where they go around investigating crimes. Uh, But one of the things they talk about is privilege, like attorney-client privilege or doctor-patient privilege, when the police cannot compel somebody to testify in court. Uh, one of those privileges is spousal privileges, uh, p- priest-penitent privilege, when you mm-hmm. go confess to a priest. Well, spousal privilege means I cannot be compelled to testify against James since he's my lawfully wedded husband. Now, hear me out here and here. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Since you cannot be compelled to testify against your lawfully wedded spouse, and since I am scheduled to be going before the grand jury, I just want to know, Ian, will you Marry me. I will sign all the prenuptials. All the prenuptials. I'm not after your millions of dollars in Bitcoin, although that certainly helps. I don't have any. I'm not after you. And, and trust me, Bonnie can still take care of you in all those ways that <laughs> heterosexual men need to be taken care of that men can't take care of each other with. So, you know, I just wanted to know that will get me out of testifying if I'm legally married to you. James said he wouldn't be happy getting divorced, but he'd do it for you, too, that he'd be. <laughs> but then they could force you to testify against James. See, that is true. So I got to pick a boat and ride it, my good sir. Well, I certainly not would not want you to. OK, uh, abandon James. Good. Yes. Good. Good. Dedicated uh, love of your life who you well, spent the last half a decade with. Well, yes. I, yes, I know. It's, can you believe it's been over six years? Mm-hmm. Wow. Time yeah. flies when you're happy. Is that your best uh, relationship? Uh, yeah, actually, it outlasted mm-hmm. my marriage. My marriage lasted five years to the day. I was going on a on, on, um, wow. honeymoon anniversary cruise. To and, the day? Uh, to the day. And instead of tickets for our Belize ticket, honeymoon ticket to Belize, I got served divorce papers. And wow. That was... Uh, that, 
takes a nosedive. This is just the federal government's way of telling you you never should have left New Hampshire. Exactly. Uh, James, <laughs> you know, as he was complaining about all the money he was spending on lawyers, because uh, he has a lawyer, too. They've summoned him. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to get the subpoena quashed uh, in court or try and get some other way out. But... Somehow, Mark Edge uh, was able to do that. I don't know yeah, what his magic attorney, words. Robin, uh, got him out of that. He invoked his Fifth Amendment, and under the rules... If- See, now, this is the thing. Now, you can clarify the rules because you pay attention to these things. Yes. But I remember when uh, Chelsea Manning got out of prison, they then subpoenaed her to a grand jury, and she refused to go... And that was supposed to lock her back up in prison until the end of the grand jury, which was could be like sixteen yeah, months, sixteen or months, something generally. like that. Um, so how how can somebody just you know file paperwork and just say nah, we're not going? <laughs> it, it's one of the few exceptions where you don't have a right to confront your accuser. If you go before a judge and the judge says you know squeal, you've been given immunity. So I mean, one of the things in court, you always have a Fifth Amendment right to not incriminate yourself mm-hmm. or to not testify. So the way the prosecution pierces that protection, in the lawyer speak, they pierce the protection of the Fifth Amendment, is they give you immunity. They say, okay, as long as you testify truthfully about what crime occurred, we will not prosecute you for it. But we need your testimony to go after this other bad guy. So you think that's what Mark might have done, was say, hey, you're going to give me immunity? And Actually, yeah, that's exactly what his attorney did. He said, my client will not speak without immunity, mm-hmm. and the attorney, the, U- the U.S. attorney refused to give it to Mark. I see. Mm-hmm. And that, the idea being, if Mark was actually involved in this, like, say he was the mastermind of some criminal enterprise, mm-hmm. it would be kind of dumb to give him immunity. And then he pulls off his Scooby-Doo mask and says, ha ha, I was really the one. Ian was just a patsy. You know, he never did anything. It was me mm-hmm. all along. So, TJ, is it a hard decision to choose who, which boat to ride, your husband of six years or Ian? You know, there are so many wonderful things I like about both. And I look forward <laughs> to seeing how your guys' relationship develops over the coming years. I hope it's fruitful and successful. I know it'll be interesting because I've known Ian for a long time and nothing boring ever happens with him. <laughs> it's, you know, I just figure like maybe, you know, I, if I were married to Ian, it's like, honey, can we just go out for ice cream? Instead, do we have to get raided by the FBI every six months or five years or do we have to have the postal inspectors? It's really annoying. The, I know it, it really is. is. It's it, and I thought you would have just sto- you know why not just tick off the FBI Ian? Why do you got to bring in the IRS, the ATF, <laughs> the postal, postal inspectors? Yeah. I'm next. You're going to have Bureau of Land Management. They're going to be arresting you for illegal cattle grazing in your backyard. <laughs> you know you didn't pay your cattle ranching fees like the Bundys did. But you're actually here to uh, head to the Liberty Forum this weekend. Oh, right? That is correct. Tomorrow is start of Liberty Forum. That's right. Yeah, they do an evening thing on Friday, so there's not a Are whole you going lot tomorrow? going on. Yes. Oh, oh. Okay. Cool. So we're not going tomorrow. You staying at the hotel out there? Oh uh, yeah, I'm staying yeah. at the Best Western in uh, I think it's Manchester. Yeah, it's the Best Western Plus. It's out by the airport. By the way, this event is a sold out event. Liberty Forum. I don't think I think the last time they sold out was when Ron Paul spoke in like 2007 or eight or something like that. Is that when he signed the Shire Society Declaration? No, that was years later. Oh no, Stone, where was he? What, did uh, he go to Pork Fest? No, L Stone. Uh, who's a liberty activist here in New Hampshire, found Ron Paul. He was at, uh, or he confronted him or whatever. Uh, he was in Colorado, actually. There was some oh. sort of a crypto conference that Ron Paul was speaking at in Colorado, like a crypto freedom conference. And uh, Ron Paul was on the stage. And after the speech, L. Stone managed to get Ron Paul's attention for uh, for a little while. And he unrolled the uh, the Shire Society Declaration. He had his own copy, calligraphy, you know, official copy or whatever of it. 
and uh, and he got Ron Paul to sign yeah, it. Yeah, and he allowed me to sign it. His copy that is signed by Ron Paul, yep. but he would not allow me to take a picture. So weird. Stones is an interesting character. Yeah, I like Al Stone. I wanted to. Now I don't even tell anyone that story ever because I'm like I don't have it. any proof. Yeah, I signed true. it right next to Ron Paul. Well, not maybe not like touching, but I wanted it in the same vicinity as yep. Ron Paul's. So you know it was true. I know no it's else true, <laughs> and Al Stone knows it's true. I think he's willing to sell that thing, but I don't know what his asking price is. <laughs> One bit quite high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is a pretty, uh, pretty important document for freedom lovers. If you haven't checked out the Shire Society Declaration, you can go to shiresociety.com. It's basically a personal declaration of independence. It's like a hardcore voluntarist statement of freedom from the state. And the fact that Ron Paul signed that is pretty it's awesome. Amazing. And it is amazing. Uh, so, and he is, by the way, a supporter of the Free State Project. Ron Paul, he has uh, endorsed the Free State Project in the past and thinks it's a great idea for freedom-loving people to gather together in one geographic area. And so that's part of what's happening this weekend is hundreds of people will be at this Best Western that uh, is in Manchester. And there's going to be speeches and panels and lunches and things like that. More coming up. Live, and you can join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. More about sanctions on the way here tonight. ENTJ and Bonnie are in the studio, and you can join us online anytime you want over at freetalklive.com. Join our Matrix chat server. It is a self-hosted server. Uh, and it can be encrypted, so like you can create your own chat room there. You can have it be public or private. It can be encrypted or unencrypted. It is completely up to you how to set it up, and it's free. So head over to chat.freetalklive.com and get step-by-step instructions on how to join our server there. And uh, Matrix is federated as well, which means that you can connect from our Matrix server to other people's Matrix servers and vice versa. Although there are some channels that I set up, so there's like kind of the official Free Talk Live channels and then there's dozens of others that our listeners created, uh, which is really cool. Which is different from Discord, by the way. Discord is completely centrally controlled. When we had a Discord, we had to be the ones to create the channels and delete the channels or whatever. Our listeners couldn't do any of that themselves. And Discord is uh, centrally controlled by a corporation, so they have all kinds of rules. In fact, I just saw today, it was, I think, Odyssey on uh, their social media. They posted that Discord, no, it was Library, LBRY.com. Uh, they posted that uh, Discord has in their terms of service, no misinformation allowed. So Uh-oh. that, you know, huge loophole that you can drive a, a truck through and just call anything they don't like misinformation uh, they can just shut your entire Discord server down at any time if they just don't like your opinions. And they have done that. They shut ours down a couple of years ago now. So we've been on Matrix ever since, and it's been absolutely great. You can go to chat.freetalklive.com because we're in control of the server. There's no one else who can tell us what to do, right. which is awesome. Uh, chat.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Tom. He's in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Good evening. You know what would really be awesome? You know how these Ukrainians are fighting back against the Russians, uh, troops that are and forces that are advancing, and they're slowing down the Russians. Is if the Ukrainians kick the Russians' butts, and the Russians 
get kicked out of Ukraine. And then all these Russian freedom fighters from age, what, 16 up to age 60, and they don't have the ladies around. So they say, hey, why stop with the Russian forces? What about the Ukrainian government? I don't know much about the Ukrainian government myself, but if they're like most countries, there's all kinds of nasty drug laws and uh, collecting school taxes and forcing children to attend school so they can learn all about how lucky they are to live in a free country, you know, kind of like they do in a lot of countries. Uh, in the United States, it's everything from agricultural subsidies to zoning variances. What if they just say, uh, like the Twisted Sister song, we're not going to take it. And they fight back against the Ukrainian government and they establish a libertarian paradise in Ukraine. And then much the way... Well, the that American is a Revolution, silly fantasy. It because is because Ukraine is losing already. Well, I mean, it's hard to know what the truth is, Bonnie, as far as who's winning or losing. But, but I thought uh, Russia said, okay, now that I'm winning, I'm going to take over the whole country. Well, I mean, that's... <laughs> There's a mainstream media article claiming that Russia is intending to, the Russian government, I should say, is intending to take over the entire Ukraine. I don't know if Putin himself has said that at, at this point. We can we can dig deeper into that here uh, in moments, but I think it's too early to say whether someone is winning or, or losing in this conflict. One, sh- one thing's for sure, it's the people that lose in any war, and, and that's what we were talking about with the sanctions earlier. We're going to get back into that, uh, how people are being punished in Russia for the actions of the criminal government uh, of Russia. And I just want to clarify, all governments are criminals. Well, I also want to ask Tom if he's heard of the story from 2021 where Ukrainians uh, surrounded and threw a politician into the trash can. I did not hear about that story. But, you know, the way the American Revolution inspired, the, they say, the French Revolution and eventually the Brazilian revolt against the Portuguese and Brazilian independence, what if the Ukrainians establish a libertarian paradise in Ukraine and they inspire the rest of the world to throw off the shackles of uh, you know uh, school taxes and zoning restrictions and uh, any Well the odds that a, a libertarian paradise is going to come up in Ukraine seem very very low yeah. Uh, the Ukraine by the way on the Fraser Institute economic freedom of the you world You keep saying the Ukraine yeah, it's a bad habit. Uh, the uh, Economic Freedom of the World 2021 study that came out at the end of last year, Fraser Institute ranks Ukraine at number 129 in the red, the bad section of the, like the lower qu- quarter of all of the world's countries. On this list, there are only 165 countries. So Ukraine is number 129 under is ranked lower as far as economic freedom than senegal papua new guinea vietnam bolivia and many others including the russian federation which is ranked at number 100 Mm. so So maybe they'll revolt against the ukrainian government if to fight for more economic freedom and then anybody could buy a house on the market and open a saloon or a casino or a brothel or an opium den and there'd be no laws against it because it would be a free country well that would be wonderful and if that does happen tom i will i'm uh, getting my plane ticket yeah sign (laughs) me up because i definitely am interested in going to the freest place and thank you for the call tonight however i'm convinced that new hampshire is the freest place on the planet as far as you know states 
are concerned. Obviously, it still has a state and it's still part of the United States. So we need to rectify those situations hmm. and uh, secede as quickly as possible from the United States, which I've been saying for many, many years. Um, and, and more people are now talking about peaceful secession than ever before. But when you look at the uh, Fraser Inst- very same institute here, Fraser Institute, which is based, I believe, in Canada, they do a yearly freedom uh, economic freedom study, not just of the world, but they also do a North American freedom study. And guess which state slash province is number one? New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah, it's number one. Uh, and that's out of all of can- uh, Canadian provinces, U.S. states, and Mexican uh, states. Wow. New Hampshire is the number one most economically free. And of the world, right? Mm, well, the problem with the Fraser Institute study is the economic freedom of the world study is separate from the North American study. So when it comes to the economic freedom of the world study, they only look at the United States as a whole. Oh, they okay. don't look at... New Hampshire. Is the United States as a whole number one? No. The United Whoa. States is number six. What's number one? Uh, Hong Kong. Oh, still. Okay, yeah. Even still. though China took it over in the late 90s, uh, it hasn't completely you know, snuffed out Just economic freedoms. freedom though, right? Correct. So what is the number one most free? Do they have that? There is a different study that looks at, I believe, all freedoms or looks at a wider selection of freedoms. And offhand, I don't remember whose study that is so i don't have that handy um but uh prior to the united states or above the united states on this list you've got hong kong at number one singapore at number two new zealand at number three and we know that these are places that don't have great personal freedoms right yeah uh switzerland at number four and georgia at number five the former russian state Hmm. wow which is interesting so that I think if you, you know, you if you broke out New Hampshire from the United States, because remember, California and New York and all the worst of the worst of the United States are bringing the United States's numbers down. So if we were to break out New Hampshire from the U.S. on this chart, I mean, U.S. Yeah. isn't that far from Hong Kong out of 10 points, 10 po- possible maximum 10 points. Hong Kong gets 8.91 and the U.S. 8.24. So they're within the same point range. And so I, I just suspect New Hampshire is going to be higher up than Georgia and Switzerland and New Zealand and the mm. rest of them. But there's no way to know for sure. No. Certainly the state of California or Illinois. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They drag us down for sure. California is, I think, number 49 and uh, New York number 50 when you, when you look at the economic freedom of the world, or no, sorry, uh, states. Freedom, yeah, uh, freedom in the fifty states. That's the one that mm. looks at all freedoms. So that, but that just focuses on the states. There is another one for the world, and again, I'm not recalling which one that is at this moment. So the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. We were talking about economic sanctions and how, according to the uh, Future of Freedom Foundation, that this really hurts people. It hurts the average people. Of any given country when sanctions are put upon them. And I'm going to continue with that story here. The Future of Freedom Foundation. It's uh, Jacob G. Hornberger. He's the founder of that organization. They do some great work. He's a really principled libertarian. We're going to get into that coming up here. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. We've also got this controversy with a pig in New York State that you want to talk, uh, tell us about tonight, Bonnie. That's on the way. And again, open phones every night here not, on Free Talk Live. Not the donut eating pigs. No, the other. Well, you got to correct yourself there. Actually, when Mark Edge had a bunch of pigs, he fed them donuts because <laughs> he was getting donuts. Well, I've heard they'll eat anything, even yeah. like dead bodies. Right. So. He, he was getting stale donuts from like one of the local donut manufacturers <laughs> and feeding them to his pigs. Uh, hour two is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves here. This is Free Talk Live. 
Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, open phones. Uh, you can join us here. The number is 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. And in the studio tonight is Ian, TJ, and Bonnie. You can uh, join the show here. 603-283-6160. Last hour, we brought up, or I brought up a story here from the Future of Freedom Foundation's Jacob Hornberger talking about what are sanctions really? Because the government gang wants you to believe that, oh, no, no this is just targeting the, the elite oligarchs. This is just going after the wealthiest, most connected Russians. As this- though that makes it okay. If somebody's wealth, you know, like, I, I, I don't know where this came from, but there seems to be a, a hatred of the rich. In because the they have too much. Too they could much be money that doing they didn't something earn, else for that me. They didn't, or that they stole. The only way rich people got to be rich is by stealing it from the poor people somehow. Yeah, somebody said that recently, that they said that the only thing they don't like about billionaires is you... Well... One thing I I will agree with is that in America, with with the corporate cronies, it may be true that to become a billionaire, you have to be doing things that are somewhat immoral to a libertarian. I don't well, know. A lot of have them are to, tied in true. with the government, and yeah, because you have to be, you know, you know, you have to ask the government for permission and stuff. But at the same time, it doesn't make me feel like they owe I owe them something. It just makes me say I want to use cryptocurrency, and- or the state will. Uh, prohibit competition from these cronies. They they won't allow you know upstarts and innovators to enter an industry. Yeah, I think it was Arya that brought up that point, and it's kind of a good point. But it doesn't make me think that they should be. I don't know. Well, as far as where it came from, TJ, that's an excellent question. Where did the hatred of, of the rich? The I mean, because it's just straight jealousy, right? I mean, well, mm-hmm. I understand. There's always been. There's always been and the be- haves and the have lessers, mm-hmm. or the have mores and the have lessers. And there's always been this like hatred of of the the rich people look down on the poor and the poor people hate the rich for being rich. I I just don't know why, because for me, I'm poor, but that's by choice. Uh, You know, James, if we wanted to make a quarter million a year, we could easily go get engineering and high big boy accounting jobs. Mm -hmm. But we're happy living an average life and not having a lot of stress and not having to deal with the boss that you hate. And so I said to James, as long as you're making a decent wage and you're not miserable, that's all I want out of your work because you got to do it 40 hours a week. And I know your opinion is job sucking, but sometimes <laughs> those of us who aren't fortunate enough to start a radio network like you have, 
uh, with a bunch of syndicate stations. Well, I mean, it, it didn't have to do with fortune as much as it did, it did hard work, uh, yeah. doing the putting the work in. I, I think that, and it I, wasn't luck. Okay, it was hard work. Okay, <laughs> yeah. let me not, take out the word luck and use hard work. I'm not going to even call it hard work, but it was. Uh, I had the you know the stick-to-itiveness, if you will, to to keep at it. He believed in himself after his uh, guidance counselor told him he could never do it. <laughs> and uh, but for people that want to be successful at what they they love, I mean, I think that the world makes that possible if you have a relative freedom. You you can do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that it just depends on what you want in life. And if what you want is to work for someone else, then there's plenty of people that'll let you do that. Oh yeah. And, that's and, fine and James, that's you know, he's you. an Obamacare compliance specialist, so he makes money mm. helping doctors fill out thousands or tens of thousands of pages of regulatory compliance paperwork. But he'll be the first to admit that he doesn't do anything to actually improve health care. He doesn't mm. see any patients. He doesn't take blood pressure. He doesn't right. draw blood. Wait, All- is he the people that if I called the number on the Obamacare website and I tried to get health care, would he answer the phone or no? No, that would be someone else. That would be like an Obamacare navigator. And I said, because those people suck. Yeah. the, You know, I said it's really bad when you have to hire government employees to explain the law to the average person. Mm. Uh, I like and it's so hard. They, they're not never good at it. I used to have to be on Obamacare. You know, uh, I mean, the problem with the law, it's there. There's 100,000 pages of just the United States federal code. Oh, it's only a hundred. It's only a hundred. That that's not the well, code. Get of, reading. Yeah, I know. And, and <laughs> it's like it's it's not readable or understandable. No, it's, it's not. dense legalese mumbo jumbo. It's hard to p- understand two paragraphs of it. Let but alone all the cops know all of it. Twenty pages, and no, they don't. No, no, they don't. Neither does the prosecutor. <laughs> which is right. why you know, and and the law is so intricate and well defined. People can be found guilty when they're innocent just by the definition of a word, or they can be found not guilty because a word was arbitrary, you know, kind of ambiguous. So I said legal land, as you've pointed out many times, words mean the opposite of what most people think they mean. So I think, but to further answer your question about where did hatred of the rich come from, I think it's just there's a natural ingrained jealousy of people who have more i think that's just something that the politicians play off of Mm. even though the politicians themselves are the one percent yes people ignore that people just ignore that for some reason it's like uh sarah from new mexico she ignores that uh that preacher she loves i think joyce meyer is a millionaire Uh multi-millionaire probably right um because even though she's a communist sarah is a communist she doesn't mind joyce meyer being a multi-millionaire because she, I don't even know. Sarah's I can't a remember. total hypocrite. I mean, that's the because. Well, communists are really, you know, they boy, they all talk about being for the common poor and working man. But when they get out, like the Black Lives Matter, when they got that mansion, I saw, woo-wee. I just said, you know, I want to start an activist group and get a lot of money and, and just sell out. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, unfortunately, activism usually doesn't lead to uh, to a lot big, of money. Big pain gig, yeah. Uh, but back to the story here from Jacob Hornberger at the Future of Freedom Foundation. He's talking about the uh, sanctions against people. What does it actually mean? Well, it turns out it actually hurts the average person. And the idea, at least according to the government advocates, is that, oh, well, if you hurt the people of Russia where it hurts, like hit them in the pocketbook, the sanctions, then they'll overthrow the government, even though there's no evidence that that really ever happens. Uh, He goes on, he says, the first thing that must be recognized is the fundamental evil of targeting innocent people with death and impoverishment as a way to achieve a political goal. Isn't that why we condemn terrorism? Where is the moral justification for targeting the Russian people with death and impoverishment simply because their government is doing something that's illegal or unjustifiable? 
The problem is that Americans have become so accustomed to sanctions and embargoes as a foreign policy tool that they are unable to recognize the evil on which they're based. But the fact is that sanctions and embargoes are no different in principle from terrorism in that they both target innocent people with death and suffering as a way to achieve a political goal. Go ahead and look up the definition for terrorism. That's exactly what it is. Well, then they have to change the definition of terrorism. Well, they haven't done that yet. Uh, The second thing that must be recognized, sanctions don't achieve their political goal, which means the death and suffering they inflict is useless. Consider the 60-year embargo on Cuba. It was intended to oust Fidel Castro from power and after he died to oust Cuba's communist regime from power and replace it with another pro-U.S. dictatorship. It still hasn't achieved its goal, notwithstanding the death and suffering that it has inflicted on the Cuban people for six decades. Oh, yeah. And there's a good example of the haves and the have have mores and the have lessers. The have lessers, the politicians will come in and say, "Hey, it's not right. This guy over here has more than you. Vote me in. I'll tax him or I'll expropriate his stuff, like uh, Nicolas Maduro did or mm-hmm. uh, Hugo Chavez did in Venezuela." And that is when North you, Korea. yeah, North Korea. When the when you start seizing people's property and killing people who object to having their property stolen. Um, that's when you see a huge exodus from the country because smart people say, uh-oh, we can see where this is going. Sure. You'll be rewarded for loyalty, but if you ever run afoul of the regime, you will quickly find yourself in the dungeon. And you can easily run afoul of the regime. Oh, yes. You, uh, you become friends with the wrong person or... Say the wrong thing. Yeah. Or, or you stop clapping. Stop clapping at the yep. wrong time. Uh, although you mentioned North Korea, Bonnie, they don't have elections there. So oh, they don't well, even that's have a semblance of that. That's what I meant about the expropriation. Why would they need elections? Everybody, 100% of them, love Kim Mm Jong-un. That's what the official line is. That's the official line. There isn't a single person in in North Korea who objects to Kim Jong-un's Right, because they'll put you in a death camp if you you say anything. Uh, Consider the brutal system of sanctions on Iraq. It contributed to the deaths of hundreds of thousands of children. Yes, children. And all those things you're saying right now just uh, make me think that they just actually like to cause suffering because... Sure, why I wouldn't mean, they? They're, they're sick. Like he's saying, Jacob Hornberger is saying, the sanctions don't do what they are trying to make them do at mm-hmm. all, so why wouldn't they be trying new things? No, I think they just like to uh, cause suffering. We saw... Because they can. Nancy Pelosi clapping when uh, Joe Biden brought up American soldiers breathing in toxic chemicals in Iraq. Why did she do that? She well, just likes death and suffering. It was more of suffering. like rubbing her hands together no, in a really bizarre... <laughs> it was really creepy and she was smiling and she stood up like it was time to applaud. Yeah, it was very strange. You're talking about the speech this week. The by, State of the uh, Union Biden. address. Uh, more coming up here about... And you're right, Bonnie. These people are sickos. They're power sickos. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us here. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. Archives go back for many years, and they are free. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And I do want to say thank you to Libertariat, who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS program at the Diamond level. Definitely appreciate that level of support. Uh, all we ask for is five bucks a month, Libertariat, doing many uh, times that over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. That's where you can get signed up. It's a Patreon, so easy to join. You can use your credit card, debit card, or PayPal to get on board and get some cool perks at amps.freetalklive.com. 
We are talking, uh, by the way, with you tonight, it's Ian. TJ the Spy. And Bonnie. We're talking about the uh, system of sanctions, because whenever they report on sanctions on television, it always just sounds like, no biggie. I mean, the, the word sanction doesn't sound very serious. Like, doesn't oh, sound evil. Right. Oh, we're just sanctioning uh, the... Well, and then when they go further, they'll say, oh, no, we're only targeting the uh, the elites. We're only targeting Putin and his buddies. We're only going after the biggest and the worst Russian banks. That's it. That's all. But that's not it. Because sanctions absolutely affect the average people. As we've been seeing, people have been shut off from their YouTube payments. People have been shut off from uh, OnlyFans payments. And those are just two examples that I've seen. (laughs) Not uh, OnlyFans. Well, whether you like it or not, people make money on OnlyFans. And a lot of people have been able to quit their job. And I imagine some jobs in Russia really suck. (laughs) And these people have managed to, because they're pretty, or whatever, they've been able to make some money and, and make it directly, or at least close to directly. They're still the intermediary because they haven't gone to a completely crypto uh, setup yet. So you still have to rely on this centralized company, in the case of YouTube or OnlyFans or whatever, to pay you. Well, all of a sudden, these companies aren't doing that. And you can thank the sanctions for that. But there's more here from uh, Jacob Hornberger. He points out that the sanctions have never achieved what they are intending to achieve, supposedly. When you when you listen to the politicians pitch it, it's like, oh, well, if we punish the people enough, they'll overthrow their governments. And it hasn't happened in Cuba. It hasn't happened in Iraq. Venezuela. Venezuela, Iran, you name it. Consider the brutal sanctions against Iran he talks about here next. The U.S. officials have targeted the Iranian people with death and suffering in the hope that they will rise up and oust Iran's anti-U.S. regime and replace it with another pro-U.S. dictatorship. Similar to that of the Shah of Iran, who the CIA installed into power with a coup in 1953, which, by the way, is what they supposedly did in 2014 in Ukraine, which was the CIA installed Zelensky. Uh, despite the t- oh, by the way, did you see the picture of Zelensky with Justin Trudeau? No. Yeah, there's a picture of Zelensky posted to his own social media profile, where he's shaking hands with Justin Trudeau from Canada, the you know the t- dictator there, mm-hmm. and he said that it's Trudeau who inspired him to become a politician. Oh no! So now we know he is bad. Of course, he's bad. <laughs> I, I uh, already knew. He was despite bad. The, so is Putin, but they're all bad. Despite the death and suffering among the Iranian people, Iran's theocratic dictatorship remains in power and i remember the the first example that i really really struck home with me about sanctions and the just the damage they do to the average person it was years ago i was actually i think it was at the liberty forum uh the very same event that we're going to be going to this weekend tj we're going to be there as well by the way wonderful uh we'll be there for on behalf of new hampshire goldback so if you're going to be at the liberty forum come see us we'll be in the vendor room probably most of the time but um, the folks who were there that I spoke to about this were the guys from Lamasu, which, for listeners that don't know, was a still is a Bitcoin vending machine company that was founded here in New Hampshire by free staters. A couple guys, a, tw- a couple twin brothers, uh, that founded this company. It and they was, didn't name it Gemini. No, thank <laughs> goodness. Uh, they they founded Lamasu. They've actually subsequently moved it overseas, and so it's no longer based in in New Hampshire or the United States. And one of the reasons they did that was because they cannot do business with everyone in the world that they want to do business with. Case in point, Iran was who they mentioned. They were contacted by someone in Iran who wanted to buy a Bitcoin vending machine and place it in Iran. Wow. But they couldn't legally sell Sell it it, to him 
under the stupid sanctions. Now, what is a Bitcoin vending machine likely to do for the people of Iran? Liberate them. Exactly. Give them honest money. And empower them to, in theory, rise up against the government, right? Like, maybe that could happen. It's Mm. certainly not something that's going to harm the people. It's something that's going to empower the people, Mm. and it's going to take power away from the state. So that's just proof to me that what I was saying is true. They don't actually want to do whatever they're saying they do want to do. They want to make people suffer. Just the average person. That's That's because they are crazy, power-mad sickos. The third point is that Biden's, uh, the Biden's, the Pentagon's, and the CIA's Operation Mockingbird assets in the mainstream press just don't get or don't care about. U.S. sanctions imposed on Russia and other countries constitute a direct infringement on the liberty of the American people. Under the principles of liberty, people have the right to trade with whomever they want and to travel wherever they want. Those are fundamental God, uh, natural God-given rights that no government, not even the U.S. government, can legitimately infringe. Yet that is precisely what U.S. sanctions do. They contribute to the destruction of our own rights and liberties at the hands of our own government. Yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting that the, uh, the United States government, they say we're the land of the free, but gosh darn it, do they sure love telling us what we can and can't do, where we can and can't go. Like, I would love to try a Cuban cigar or mm. try a, a, take a, a swig of Cuban uh, rum. Right. But I cannot. You know, this was actually something Tom DeLay got in trouble for. He was in Canada and he was uh, someone took a picture of him smoking a Cuban cigar. Uh, wasn't he a politician? And he was a politician. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Treasury Department released a, a notice reminding all Americans that it is illegal to consume products made in Cuba oh because God. of the embargo, even if you're not on U.S. soil. Wow. The, the law. Really? Uh, yes. What? So you cannot go to Canada and buy a Cuban cigar. Does and that smoke still it. apply now that they are Heck actually no. allowing people to travel to Cuba? Because those sanctions you know, have been partially lifted. I don't know, but back in the day, yeah, you know, like it was. you know, it was. But yeah. mm, you know, that, now that I, Castro and now that the Castro brothers are gone, why do we need to keep? <laughs> to me, time, God, and death took care of the Castro brothers, yep. and now, now who's running Cuba? Another communist. Okay. I don't smoke cigarettes or cigars, but that just makes me want to go buy a Cuban cigar on the dark web. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I guess you could probably get them there. That wouldn't surprise me. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't really smoke a cigar. So uh, a little bit more here. He he says, thus we have the spectacle of U.S. national security establishment through its NATO machinations, making Russia one of its official enemies, then cornering Russia into invading Ukraine versus permitting U.S. missiles, bases, tanks, and troops to be established on Russia's border, and then using this manufactured crisis to further destroy the rights and liberties of the American citizenry. Our ancestors warned us about this type of thing. That's why they called into existence a limited government republic and rejected the national security state form of governmental structure under which we now live. Hmm. That's why there was no Pentagon, military industrial complex, CIA or NSA for the first 150 years of American history. George Washington and Thomas Jefferson warned us against entangling alliances such as NATO. John Quincy Adams, in his 1821 speech, In Search of Monsters to Destroy, explained the reasons for America's founding foreign policy of non-interventionism into the affairs and crises of foreign nations. We'll continue with, uh, he's got a few more thoughts to share on the destructive power of sanctions against both the innocent people in Russia and the innocent people here in the United States. If you want to join the show, you can at 603-283-6160. How have sanctions affected you? And your loved ones, whether they be here or elsewhere in the world, if you want to share your story, you can join us here. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, you are going to love the movie Victimless Crime Spree. It's hilarious. 
heartwarming, and carries a ton of inspiring freedom messages. Feeling down about the lack of liberty in your life? You need to put on this film with some friends and have a good laugh. It's a true story about me and my friends in New Hampshire living free, singing, dancing, and getting arrested. Of course, it's all on video, and the bad guys, the cops, judges, bailiffs, and sheriffs, they all play their part like it's out of a movie or something. You would think we scripted the whole thing, but it's real life. Go ahead and have a watch, and if it's been a while, have another look. I guarantee you'll notice things now that you didn't notice before. And the best part is that you're going to walk away feeling a renewed sense of your own power. You are the master of your destiny, and you will be free in your lifetime. Victimless Crime Spree. Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. We got updates on the Russia-Ukraine situation on the way. If we get the chance, we'll get into those. Uh, We've been following that pretty closely over the last couple of weeks. But also something else that's been going on is the People's Convoy is winding its way closer and closer to Washington, D.C. Uh-oh. Now, earlier this week, you may recall, Bonnie, we played a video, and actually it was last week. Oh, wait. March 1st passed. Right. Where, so, was that the People's Convoy that was supposed to get there March There's a 1st? lot of confusion, and that's one of the things I wanted to clear up about this. Okay. Was last week we played a video from a guy who was leading what was called Freedom Convoy USA 2022. And he's based in Maryland. He's a uh, governor candidate, an independent candidate for governor in Maryland. And he owns a gym. And he owns a gym, and he looks like he's a Fed, and it looks really suspicious what he was doing. But he, at some point, a few days into the the People's Convoy, so there's Freedom Convoy 2022, uh, which was supposed to happen uh, in D.C., was supposed to end in D.C. on May 1st. And then there's the People's Convoy, which is supposed to end in D.C. on May 5th. Well, a few days into the People's Convoy, this other guy from Maryland announces, we're, we're wrapping up the Freedom Convoy. It's, it's melding into the People's Convoy. So he called hmm. it quits, basically, on the Freedom Convoy. But he said, come to D.C. on the 1st. I'll still be here. He's going to have a, uh, like, he's got a permanent gathering he was going to have on the National Mall or something like that. And just, like, like give that. a speech. And give, you know, an open mic or speeches or whatever. There was video that came out from Ford Fisher, and this guy is a libertarian, voluntarist, you know, anarchist uh, news guy. He's like an independent journalist. He gets himself into some really sticky situations. He'll he'll be up versus Antifa. And where is the, he from? The Proud Boys and stuff. I don't know where he's from. I think he's from like Boston or something like that. But he he makes his way around. And anyway, he was in D.C. and he attended what was supposed to be this big protest wherever it was. I don't know if it was the National Mall or wherever it was, but he had a he had a permit. This guy had a permit. This organizer had a permit for it. He was literally the only one there. There were a few people from the mainstream media, but as far as actual protest attendees, there was virtually no one. I can't believe nobody fell for that Fed's trap. Yeah. I, I, I honestly mean, can't believe that. No one fell for it except for the media. Just the media was there with cameras just to record this guy literally speaking to an empty stage, an empty crowd. There was no one there. I would be so afraid to go to that because they're just taking people from facial recognition technology who were 
at the crowd during January January 6th 6th. and putting them in jail. So I would not go to that even if I didn't think the guy was a fed. Yeah, so that one completely fizzled. However, the People's Convoy is real. This thing is happening. It is rolling as we speak. They are on the final, I think, two or three legs of this trip tonight. Uh, They are currently in Indianapolis. So, I'm sorry, they departed Indianapolis earlier today. They will be arriving in Cambridge, Ohio tonight. Uh, Then they will be going to Hagerstown, Maryland on Friday to arrive in the D.C. Beltway area on Saturday. (laughs) So, this has been building for the last 10 days. They started this thing February 23rd. And it is an amazing uh, thing that's that's coming together out there. There's different legs of this thing have been coming from around the country. So the one that started on the 23rd was in California, and they've been the sort of the main uh, leg that's been going all the way across the country. But people started in Maine, I believe, two days ago, and New Hampshire, I believe, uh, yesterday or something like that. So there's there's truckers coming from all over the place to converge in pennsylvania and ohio and then eventually they're all going to come into dc (laughs) simultaneously what do you think about it tj do you think that's a good idea i'm just thinking you know is this going to turn into another uh justin trudeau versus the truckers so is it going to be biden you know, is going to be saying, I can't get my supply of Depends. These truckers need to <laughs> <laughs> these truckers need to bring on, keep the goods moving. And uh, I mean, D.C. is a very tight cornered street. So I'm just imagining if they had even like 50 trucks doing what they were doing in Canada. Some of them are saying they're not going to go into the city. They're going to stay on the beltway and just clog that up or something. They have some sort of plan and they're not being very clear about what exactly they're planning, which and for I obvious just, reasons. I think that's worse than what they're doing in Canada because in Canada they were mostly affecting the government and the people who were comfortable enough with the government to live on the same street as them. <laughs> right. So that's why, I mean, and they weren't completely blocking the roads, but well, still. And we don't know what their plan is. The one guy they interviewed who was talking about the Beltway wasn't clear as to what he intended to do exactly. So it'll be interesting to see how things shake out in the next couple of days. But what I wanted to say was I've seen some of the footage that they've been posting Uh, from the drivers that are on this route and almost every overpass there are a ton of people like this whole way from arizona all the way to to now i'll just check in every day or every other day and just look at one of the the videos and just wherever they happen to be at that time they go under an overpass and there's always a ton of people on that overpass with you know flags and trucks parked and people waving and everything and now they've got images when they come into uh, one of their nighttime stops, somebody has a gigantic American flag, like the biggest American flag you could ever imagine. I don't know how many hundreds of people are able to stand underneath this American flag. But remember in elementary school, you had that uh, parachute where you'd lift the parachute up and like the whole class would go under the parachute. Did you guys do this? In- I did. Did yes, you? Vaguely. Yeah. Like in- a- uh, every like primary color. Yeah. Kind of. Imagine that parachute, but a humongous American flag <laughs> and a hundred times larger. Oh my God. This thing is, I don't even know how you, you have a flag this large. It's, it's incredible. I've seen the, uh, the images of this of, uh, and video of people like holding on to this flag at a truck stop last night. I thought that it was up on a crane. 
It may have been on a crane at some point. But I don't know if we're talking about the same flag, but I saw a huge flag. How big is it? I don't know. I, I'm going to have to pull up an, another image of this and get, like, the trucks look small in comparison to this flag. Oh, wow. So I, it's just an incredibly large uh, piece of cloth. So this thing's real, and there are thousands, what appear to be thousands of people that are at these truck stops every single night, supporters coming out. Um, how many of them will finally be there on the end of this journey in Washington, D.C. remains to be seen. Uh, but we're definitely going to keep our eyes on this. They have a website. It's thepeoplesconvoy.org. You can go there. Uh, the Facebook group that they have is active. They're posting videos every single day of uh, of what's going on there. So check that out. Keep an eye on this. The mainstream media is probably ignoring uh, still what's happening there but at some point they're not going to be able to ignore this tj you might be able to see the image of this uh, flag and you can see it is one two three four five six seven eight nine trucks in width yep that's yep, a that, big that's flag a... <laughs> right i don't know how big that is but there's hundreds of people uh that were at this thing last night so uh, that's that's the worst part about this they supposedly mad at the federal government and they're just waving the federal government's giant flag yeah i agree with you bonnie these are people who are still in love with the idea of the united states they understand that the u.s has fallen far from what its intentions were as this as uh uh, jacob hornberger points out was supposed to be an independent nation that did not make entangling alliances with other countries and that was what the intentions were for the united states couple more paragraphs here from uh, Future Freedom Foundation about sanctions and what the uh, the original idea behind the U.S. was. An updated warning came in President Eisenhower's farewell address where he pointed out that the military-industrial complex posed a grave threat to the freedom and de- democratic processes of the American people. His warning was followed by that of President Kennedy, the last president who was willing to stand up against the overwhelming power of the national security establishment. His warning was followed by that of President Truman, who 30 days after JFK was killed, pointed out the CIA had become a sinister force in American life. He says it's time for Americans to do some serious soul-searching. The question should not be what to do about Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The big question to be discussed and debated should instead be, should America restore its founding systems of a limited government republic and a non-interventionist foreign policy and get America back on the road toward liberty, peace, prosperity, and harmony with the people of the world? Well, of course they should, but they will never do that. The politicians in D.C. are crazy psychopaths, and the idea that we're going to be able to just vote them out seems pretty unlikely. There's more coming up, and you can join us. Share your thoughts on Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. And you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. As the uh, People's Convoy is getting closer, they're two days away now from their destination, which is the Beltway outside of Washington, D.C. I was just looking it up. I pulled up online. How wide is a semi-truck? About because, 10 feet. Yeah, so it says 8.5 feet w- wide on average. And then, obviously, they're parked next to one another in a in a row here in this picture I was describing with this humongous American flag and, I don't know, a 1,000-plus people. 
Uh, and there's nine semi trucks lined up right next to one another. That's the width of this uh, this flag. So, so they're ninety feet. It's ninety feet. Long? No, that would be on the low side. So let's oh. just estimate, you know, ten or eleven feet per truck. And you're talking about a hundred foot long flag, basically. That's a humongous flag. Uh, how do you buy something like that? That thing has got to be a huge thing from China. Uh, to, yeah, probably came from China. China. Uh, so you can bring up anything you want here. We're going to go to your calls and thoughts. And then coming up, Bonnie, your story about the pig controversy going on in New York State. But first, Eamon is on the line calling from New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live watching us on Twitch. Go ahead, Eamon. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? So, yeah, so I was just calling in. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's a little off topic. but um, It's Free Talk Live. I'm... You can bring up anything you want. So there's never an off topic. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm interested in. Um, I've never done this before. I I kind of want to was interested in living in a trailer park or getting like a Winnebago or something like that. And I'm I'm sure you probably know people that do that sort of thing. But I'm at a loss. I'm having I'm having a, a lot of difficulty finding a place like that or how to go through that process. Something like VanLife.com or something where you because I know there's a huge. Uh, they actually made a movie of it. It's called Nomad's Land or something where they actually uh, made a movie about these people who just uh, – they work at the Amazon warehouses, mm-hmm. but they don't have any permanent home. They sleep in their vehicles, and they go from Amazon warehouse to Amazon warehouse to wow. fill up, pick up labor. Well, I have some yeah. questions. I mean, I personally have never lived in a trailer park, yeah. but I, I've I've had friends who have done that. So, I mean, I have some ancillary experience uh, in this area. I guess some important questions are – you, what you've described so far, Eamon, are two very different lifestyles, right? There's the RVer lifestyle of being mobile and being able to pick up in a moment and go anywhere else uh, that you can drive to and then set down there. And then there's the trailer park lifestyle of those things aren't very mobile. I mean, they're called mobile homes, but yeah. uh, some of those things, once you set them down for a while, you try to move them, they're not going to go anywhere. They're rusted or there's That's problems. True. So I, the question is, you know, if you want to find a trailer in a trailer park, there's plenty of those out there, uh, and many of them are for sale for very, very cheap. But then you have to remember you're going to pay lot rent, uh, which basically paying the property taxes, and you're paying, paying a rental fee to the, the trailer park itself. It comes with all kinds of rules, uh, tra- you know, park rules and nosy neighbors and there's all kinds of downsides to uh, to living in a trailer park that's true um whereas again the rv lifestyle you've got the upkeep on the rv obviously you got to keep it in good shape keep it running uh but it can take you anywhere so those are two completely different kind of lifestyles yeah i guess yeah, that, that makes that makes sense so that's something but you, you want to think you about probably live in a trailer park with an rv i don't know well. i guess it would depend on the trailer park's rules i mean some might allow that others may not um, there I'm not are, sure if the hookups are all the same. I don't know enough and about I, hookups. I have no idea, but I'm yeah, saying. I can't, I can't speak to that. There's also another thing that's kind of uh, popular these days, and I've, I, I know that some of our hosts are critical of it, and others think it's a cool idea. There's the quote-unquote tiny homes. Hmm. Uh, I and knew it, you were going to say that. <laughs> and some people, so I have no personal opinion about the tiny home. but I, I like them. But from what I've heard... And I believe it's Conan that's done a lot of research into these things. Mm-hmm. Again, the tiny home is made to sound as though it's this mobile thing, but not so much from what I understand. Many of these things are really more designed to move rarely, if ever. 
Um, so keep that in mind if you're looking at uh, at that. And then as far as RVs are concerned, there's... You know, I want the, an Airstream. There's Airstream. So there's the different choices, right? You've got the full-on R- big-ass RV that folds out into a larger thing once you park it and costs, you know, $200,000. And there are ones you pull. And there's the towable little guys, or there's the ones that you can sit on the back of a truck bed. Oh, wow. Right? You know, I considered living in a van because, you know, you can put a mattress in the back and you know, have a little electrical and, you know, an auxiliary power unit provide AC and heat during the winter and the, the downside there is you don't have a bathroom. Yeah, but there are plenty of bathrooms on the interstate, you know, or wherever you're yeah. traveling. True, and truck stops. Truck or, stops. Or, or whatever. So, yeah, you really have to consider what level of comfort are you willing to uh, give up or what level of comfort you want to have how much you want to spend, and what kind of lifestyle you want, because there's all of these options. And if you want to live in a trailer park, you might not be able to get as much land and be able to do as much on your land as you want as if you had a rv and could go like anywhere yeah because on an rv you could buy your own piece of property somewhere as large as you you could do that with a trailer too and but not if you bought it in a park like hoa if if i were going to live in a manufactured home I would not want to live in a trailer park just because everything I've ever heard from people that have lived in trailer parks, it's a nightmare. You you have some of the worst neighbors, some of the nosiest busybody neighborhood Nazi types in the world living in trailer parks. Yeah, that, uh, I know that when I lived in a trailer park when I first moved back to Texas in 2018 that they always had a homeowners association, uh, mm-hmm. but I wasn't someone who could go to one, only like my roommate who owned the trailer and it was like always fights and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, trashy, very trashy. So I don't know. Did we answer your question at all? Do we give you some good advice? Hopefully. Yeah, that that, that is pretty good advice. Well, see, I I've never actually, I don't know anybody myself that's a, that's ever lived that. But I like I love going to like music festivals, and I love the whole like living in a tent or living in like a one of those communities like that. You should build really a yurt. Or a dome. If you love music festivals, you're going to want to have something mobile. Oh, well, did you mean you want to travel from music festival to music festival or just you like that feel? I I like the feel of living in like a tiny little house but living in close proximity to like a a bunch of people and all that. We have friends that have dome houses and friends that have a yurt. Those aren't particularly mobile. Uh, Dome houses and yurts are you know, cool for the people that are into them. Yeah, but he said he's but, not really like looking to be mobile. He just likes the feel of like living among. Maybe, maybe but you, you like can going find to people. you like going to music festivals, though. You said, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you like going to music like, festivals, just make it easy on yourself and have you know some sort of a mobile van. Uh, you know, not necessarily or a bus, van, a school bus. People like doing the refit refurbishment yeah, my, yeah. my friend Colin, he bought a, a motor coach bus and he put in a heating element. It has a shower. It yeah. has a pool. And he made it pretty. Yeah, it's it nice. It looks nice. It's nice. All, all I need to, to to be happy in that situation is is like a reliable electricity and like Wi Fi. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. Endless, um, endless entertainment. The uh, Starlink thing is shipping. Uh, we got one coming to the studio actually next week. I don't know if it's it's going to work here because there might be too much obstructions around. But for people Wait, that what li- is it? for people that live on the road, this is going to take satellite internet to the next level. What is it, Ian? Uh, it's the Elon Musk. He, you know, the Tesla guy. He's got his SpaceX company, and they've come up with these low Earth orbit satellites. There's a, a ton of them. I don't know how many thousands of them they have floating up there. 
But basically, the problem with satellite internet has always been it's been incredibly slow compared to, say, a cable modem or something like that. But now the speeds are way better because the latency is better. There's, they're closer to you, right? Like previously, satellite internet, you were, you were connecting to a satellite way out there, like with all the rather regular big satellites. And these are very small, like micro satellite things that are just floating all over yeah, the like place. like the size of a toaster or something, something like that. And uh, and so the fact that there's a, a ton of them and they're so closer, they're so much closer to you, that lowers the latency, which is also a problem with satellites. It's very very slow communications, lowers the latency, increases the speed, and uh, people have been getting some incredible speed tests out of this new service. And it's only a hundred bucks a month, so you got to spend like five hundred to get the uh, the install package and the dish, but. You think about what you what you pay for a high end uh, cable modem package. You're going to be paying about a hundred bucks a month or something for that. So to be able to have an RV or something where you can just sit down anywhere and receive satellite signal for for internet, that's that's pretty amazing. Now I have was, heard that they made tra- it's called Starlink. Now I can't speak. I'm not an investor or anything like that. I can't speak to the quality of it. I have not actually tested it myself, but within the next month or two, I probably will have an opinion about it. Um, hopefully, I can like hopefully I can find a spot on this property that it'll actually have enough signal because we, again we got trees here and you know that makes things difficult. So if you're in a wooded area, it will be useless. But if you're in an open you know RV field or something like that, then you'd be good to go or a parking lot or whatever. You should be all set. Uh, thank you, Eamon. Let us know how this works out for you. What you decide to do if you feel like checking back in with us. Although I did hear rumor that they may have an RVers package that costs more. You may have to stay in one location with the home package. Anyway, more coming up. Hour three's on the way. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live phones are open. You can join the show as we launch here into the third hour of the program. The number for you is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Whether you want to talk about sanctions and how it hurts the average person or whatever happens to be on your mind. That's one of the things we've discussed so far. But coming up, we're going to get into the pig story out of New York State where a man is trying to keep his pig against state bureaucrats that want to take it away from him. And that's on the way here tonight. Uh, with you tonight, it is Ian. TJ the Spy. And Bonnie. Let's go to the phones. Your calls and thoughts are welcome. We're going first to northern uh, Georgia, where Stephen is on the line. Uh, Stephen, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, um, so I'm not here to debate you or talk about how the cops suck tonight. It's a little different. Um so the SWIFT banking system recently banned Russia, um, and Russia has, like, their own new system. Um, and so there's a threat that they could dump U.S. dollars. Um, and if the U.S. dollar gets dumped, then, our, then U.S. Fed Reserve notes become worthless. Well, more worthless than they already are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that pushes me into an interest of crypto. My question is, what is crypto backed by? Like we say it has a value of X, oh. <laughs> but where, where does that value come from? Uh, that's actually a very good question. So first of all, I will illuminate and say Bitcoin is 
at its base, mathematical. It's a solution to a mathematical equation. That's all it is. Your private key, it's a 256-bit integer that you know that allows you to sign transactions and spend your Bitcoin. But the true answer is, like, why is it worth, what is it worth? It comes strictly because that's what people are willing to pay for it. There's no government forcing people to buy Bitcoin. Nobody's being forced to use Bitcoin. There's just a market clearing price that if you want to buy one Bitcoin right now, it's going to set you back about forty grand. Yeah, about $41,000 today, which is down from uh, forty four a couple days ago. A couple so days ago. It's on so sale. It goes, it but goes, just for any beginners listening, you can still buy a piece of one Bitcoin. That's a really important point, Bonnie. And a lot of people just presume, well, I'm out of this market. I can't afford $41,000. No. So, But what you can do is you can get a... One percent of a Bitcoin, or less than one percent of a Bitcoin, if you want to. You can get ten dollars worth, five dollars worth. The other thing I'll point out is that cryptocurrencies have. So when it sounds like when it sounds like y'all are saying it is perception, it's value is perception based. Its value is what? Its value comes from perception. Well, well, yeah, that's. I mean, it it, true because when Bitcoin first started. It was perceived to have no value, so it was like a penny of Bitcoin. Because people were like, "Why? Who, who who accepts Bitcoin? Why would anybody want Bitcoin? We already have cash." Well, there's also scarcity. Can you yes. can you explain that to him? Because yes. like so, even gold, if you just come down to it, is uh, is valued based on its. So Bitcoin, it has a, it's an honest money because there's only going to be 21 million bitcoins ever in existence. And there's about 19 of them right now. Right now that are in circulation. And that's designed so that less and less Bitcoin gets issued each year. So it's a deflationary currency. Unlike the U.S. dollar, where we print more and more dollars each year. And the federal government does. The federal government does. Buying through the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, if you want to be technical. But the dollar gets its value by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government, which is basically pretty language, which means it's backed by nothing. There's there's nothing backing the U.S. dollar other than it's a fiat. It's all perception it's in that perception case. It's perception in that case. So what people are willing well, to pay for goods is totally perception-based. Like, what you're willing to pay for something depends on a whole bunch of factors. Well, so one of the things that scares me about the current U.S. currency system is, one, it's controlled by the Fed, and the Fed is a private company, and the, and the private company has no vested stake in my well-being. The... The other thing that concerns me about this is, as of right now, the U.S. Fed Reserve note is actually a petroleum note, right? It's mm-hmm. backed by Petro. Well, it's not. Um, no, it's not. It's, it's not. It's so you so com- countries like Saudi Arabia they do trade in the dollar. They sell oil, yeah, and they used. will accept dollars. But backed you by is just different. When term. you say backed, so for example, the dollar used to be backed by gold, meaning you could take a twenty dollar bill into any bank and they would give you one ounce of gold. That mm-hmm. was the definition of a dollar was one twentieth an ounce of gold. Well, now ever since Nixon, we're off the gold standard, so a dollar is worth whatever people think it's worth, and they keep on printing more and more, which is why you're seeing prices going up all over the place. The other thing is, if you don't like the fact that the Federal Reserve is a private company, and in my opinion, it wouldn't matter if they were a government agency or a private company, they'd still be evil. But uh, one thing you should know is, Bitcoin is not a private company. What Bitcoin is, is it is computer code that was released to the world by an anonymous person or persons calling themselves Satoshi Nakamoto in 2009, so 13 years ago. It was released open source to the rest of the world, so anyone who knows programming can 
read through the code and they can verify that it's honest and that there's no back doors. And, and other, people have tried to hack it. Yeah, and they and failed. it's never been hacked. And the other thing that I think is important to point out here, it's based its value is certainly based on the perception of people, but it's also the reason why people perceive it as value isn't just because, oh, this is cool. No, it's because Bitcoin does what it says it's going to do, which is allows people to transfer value from one person to another across an entire planet, if necessary, in a matter of a moment. And it does it securely, and it does it in a way that basically yes. cannot be hacked, and, and it, that is worth something. What that something is worth is, again, up to the market. Yes. I mean, it, it, Bitcoin has done something amazing for money, and that is it's made the cost to store money practically zero all you need is a thumb drive and you can store your wallet on a thumb drive or your phone mm -hmm. so instead in of, your brain instead of having to build a safe or a bank vault to store all your gold and silver or your your cash or and possibly have it seized, seized by a criminal stolen. enterprise with bitcoin uh, it's protected by cryptographic mathematics so the government can't seize it without your password if you don't give them your private key they can't take your bitcoin and this is why what why they hate it and the second thing is no government controls it it's all math and it's voluntary so nobody's being forced at gunpoint that's the thing in the united states if i run a business i am required to accept u.s dollars by law that's actually from what i understand not true oh really because it says this debt is legal for all all debts, debts. Public and All private. debts. If you're just selling a product, that's not. Yeah, I a guess debt. you could do barter. So, or, or you could use gold backs or something. Just else, selling but. it. Yeah. Uh, remember, our friends uh, Derek and Stephen had the Bitcoin store. They had the, what they called the Bitcoin. Oh shop. yeah, and they refused to accept payment in dollars. Correct. They only accepted payment in Bitcoin. Correct. But they also uh, and, didn't give anyone debts yeah. either. And one last thing I'll say about Bitcoin. It allows me to send money to anybody with a phone anywhere in the world instantly for like twenty cents. So. You know, if I wanted to send money to you, uh, just an average listener, and you would have to give me all kinds of private information, I'd have to send you a check, maybe mail you a payment, send my gold to you, a physical address. With Bitcoin, you could just give me a QR code or give me a line of letters, and I can send money to that address. There's no danger in doing that. So and no one can tell you you can't do it. That's one of the most important aspects. There's no middleman. There's no banker sitting in between you yeah. and the recipient who is going to ask you a bunch of questions. And and all of these are good points, but I'd also like to point out that so far we've been only talking about Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Other cryptocurrencies yeah. are valued for like the, for the use same case. reason. So like, like reason there, and, there's Litecoin, there's Dash, there's Monero, there's all these other cryptocurrencies, and they're also competing against Bitcoin. Yep, that's true. Because Bitcoin, its Achilles heel is it can only handle seven transactions a second. The network can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there are other networks like Dash and Monero, Stellar, that can, Stellar, that can handle much greater volumes of transactions, and I think those might actually be used. What like big corporations, Targets, Googles. I think they're going to be using other cryptos besides Bitcoin, but I still see a very bright future for Bitcoin. Stephen, do we answer your question? Um, a little bit, yeah. So, and I'll say something, and maybe y'all can explain this a little bit better. I'll tell you me. what, hang on, hold that thought. We'll continue back here uh, more with Stephen in uh, northern Georgia. He's got questions about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. 
which is an amazing technology that is changing the face of finance on across the planet. And it's getting into the news recently because it helped out with the freedom uh, truckers in the convoy in Canada big time. When and the, Ukrainians. The no. banking system had uh, cracked down. It's helping out with the people in Ukraine and Russia as well. Unfortunately, the governments are starting to get into it, which is not something I think Satoshi Nakamoto uh, foresaw happening, but it's happening. And it is uh, an indicator that it's really hitting the big time. More coming up. Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Uh, TJ the Spy. I'm sorry there. That's all right. <laughs> and Bonnie. And also want to let you know that Bitcoin.com is our sponsor here on Free Talk Live. If you want to learn some of the basics, I mean, we've touched on a lot of it here, but we didn't get into the details on why decentralization matters or how blockchain works. If you want to get into some of the details on uh, understanding Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and some of the, the cryptocurrency concepts, get over to Bitcoin.com, click Get Started at the top of the page, and you'll find some introductory videos there that you can dig into. Uh, one of them, the first one's as short as three minutes, so head over to bitcoin.com click get started now if you're not brand new to crypto and you want to get the latest news headlines they've got those over on their news site at news.bitcoin.com let's bring steven back in tennessee steven you had another point or question uh, that you wanted to to bring up here go ahead yeah so side point real quick um first time i heard about bitcoin was in 2012 i just looked something up at the end of 2012 one bitcoin was thirteen dollars and forty five cents. Oh man, so the good old days. Back, I have a I have an old navy buddy that bought a hundred Bitcoin and I just realized I need to call him and let him know how much I love him. <laughs> so I now. Um but no, so I I wholeheartedly believe and if you think I'm crazy, so be it that um there's a very real possibility that the economic and the electronic system in the United States is a massive target by either internal evil powers or external evil evil powers. Um, and so I'm solidifying a lot of that stuff in valuables that are easily tradable. Also, I'm looking at this crypto stuff. How easy is it for these guys? Y'all said it's never been hacked. That's a that's a big okay. Claim. So it's it's there have been people who've had their wallets hacked, like they accidentally gave away their password, or they've had their machines infected with malware and they typed their password. But it's never been hacked mathematically. So the math that underpins Bitcoin is sound. The network itself is not hacked. There's not somebody out there able to fake a transaction or anything like that because of the decentralized nature of this it is distributed and decentralized so the bitcoin blockchain is in the shortest version of the explanation is it's essentially a distributed ledger it's a ledger that exists it's a public ledger so anyone can look at it and it exists and i believe as many as 15,000 locations i saw an updated oh, yeah. number on it. it used to be like 10 or 11,000 recently they hit 15,000 full nodes are operating on the bitcoin network and all they do is prove that 
uh, mathematical equation over and over again. Well, uh, what they, well, those are the miners, I think. Oh, the, the miners. miners. What they do is they distribute the transaction list and the blockchain to everybody else. So when you start your Bitcoin client for the first time, if you're not using a light wallet, so if you're using the full thing where you have maximum privacy with Bitcoin, that, that go to Bitcoin, wherever you get that Bitcoin standard core, Bitcoin QT mm-hmm. uh, program from, uh, that... Ah, crud. Well, I just, <laughs> you use the term maximum privacy, which you don't well, really I have mean, privacy I, with, So, with I mean, I, there's all kinds of things. Like I say privacy loosely there. Monero's my choice for privacy yeah, coins. Yeah, if you but, want true privacy, you've got to go to Monero. It's probably the best bet of all the privacy coins right now. But there are competitors to Monero. A lot of people in the liberty movement like Pirate Chain. But you can still, uh, have, you can yeah. still have Bitcoin uh, be more private than the U.S. dollar because you can't uh, have a private U.S. dollar unless it's cash, but as far as Bitcoin, you don't have to put your name on a wallet. That much is true. If you create a new Bitcoin wallet from uh, and don't tell anyone that you have it and you've got mining rewards that are being put into it, that's brand new Bitcoins in a brand new wallet, and as long as you don't tell anyone it's yours, Or if you did, you might lose it in a boating accident. Yeah, that that is... So there's a pseudonymous aspect of uh, Bitcoin. If you take enough steps, you might be able to... Uh, preclude people from finding out that it's your Bitcoin. But if you, but you associate can just use with, Monero and stuff. But if you associate it with your own personal wallet, if you say, hey, this is my wallet, I'm so-and-so, here's yeah. my wallet, then anyone in the world can look at your yes. balance and see and where And you it can goes. actually do that like on FreeKeen. You can actually go to the donation addresses mm-hmm. for FreeKeen.com and see how much money FreeKeen has gotten from the various members over the years. Yep. Thank you, Stephen, for the call tonight. Hope that helps you with uh, some of your questions. Feel free to call another time if you've got more. Let's go to Marek. He's calling us from Poland where, uh, what is it, 3 in the morning right now? 4 in the morning? What time is it where you are? Yeah. 3, 3.30 at the moment. Wow. I'm going to the, to the border uh, with Ukraine mm-hmm. to pick up some refugees. Wow, okay. And yeah, the, yeah, the situation is very dynamic here. Uh, overall, through this week, I believe there was half a million people that arrived in Poland, and the Polish people really... Uh, helped. They, they drive as, as I do uh, to the border. They take people. They, they provide housing. And I can tell you that as a libertarian, this is very building for me, you know, because I see, you know, people can help each other without any government. Nice. Now, is the government in Poland um, getting in the way of any of the refugees, or are they actually allowing people to come over without a ton of paperwork and hoop jumping? What's is there a process, and and what's it like? Yeah, so I would say it's pretty easy now. So they removed a lot of restrictions, including, by the way, the quarantine and uh, the COVID passport. You don't need that at all now oh, wow. uh, for the Ukrainians. <laughs> they just need a, a stamp or a passport, any kind of identification. And uh, also for the kids, you know, because the younger kids, they don't have any documents. Mm-hmm. So they are letting them through with the parents. So, so it's pretty easy. What if you don't have a passport? What if, what if you, you just have like a Ukrainian ID card or a driver's license? That's fine. That's yeah, fine. That, that's fine. And even if you don't have it, it's probably a longer way to identify yourself but it's possible so if if you know when they need it they can they can definitely loosen some restrictions if they want 
Do you know, uh, yeah, um, uh, is there some sort of path to sure. permanency for these people? Are they going to be able to stay in Poland as long as they want, or are they going to have to go back to Ukraine at some point in the future? What's that look like for them? Yeah, so overall, you know, during the last years, uh, a lot of Ukrainian people came to Poland and they are working here uh, because the, the war, uh, as you heard, started in Donbass in 2014, so mm-hmm. there was a draft, so people came not to be going to military, and also, you know, because of the economic reasons, Poland is way, way better at the moment, because we didn't have this Russian influence for 20 years now, and they are just starting to, you know, try to liberate from the Russian influence as of now, so, so they have poor economic uh, position, but anyway, uh, there is a lot of people working in Poland, there is a lot of people... Uh, I have some tenants from Poland renting uh, a flat. So, mm. so there, there are many people here. And uh, if you go, you know, after two years or so, if you go through a lot of hoops, you can become something like a citizen, maybe not full citizenship. Like a permanent uh, resident. Wait, so you said you have tenants from Poland. Yeah. Did you mean from Ukraine? From Ukraine, sorry. Yeah, they, oh. they are coming from Ukraine. They're in Poland. Oh, Mark, wow. I know it's uh, I know it's late. It sounds like you're on the road. Can you stay with us for uh, for more questions, or do you have yeah, to run? Sure. Okay, great. More with uh, no Mark here because I definitely right. have more questions for him. Uh, if you want to weigh in, you can join us here as well at six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. He's heading to the border as we speak. I think that's a wonderful idea, uh, which is amazing. And uh, we'll hear more from him coming up in moments. This is Free Talk Live. open if you want to join us 603-283-6160 we've got uh, plenty of time for you if you want to jump in here on the phone with uh, marek who is in poland and he's calling from a polish phone number the right country code and everything uh he's on the road right now heading to the border he says he's been assisting with helping refugees from ukraine uh, cross into Poland, where they are welcome, apparently. Poli- the Polish government is not standing in the way. Uh, they're making it relatively easy, all things considered. Normally, it's fairly difficult to uh, immigrate into most places, but in this case, they are uh, loosening uh, restrictions, basically. Including COVID restrictions. Yes, thank goodness, because we had heard originally, like last week, that they were telling people, oh, no, you can't come in unless you got the vaccine in passport. Poland? I believe that was the story about Poland. Mark, uh, weren't they saying that really early on, and didn't they change that? Yeah, so like two weeks ago, you would have to have the vaccination or take the test prior to coming. And if not, then you got on the quarantine. But that, that's a change for everyone now, uh, but specifically for for the Ukrainians. Uh, mm. There's no, no restriction of that required. Yeah, as well, it's good timing that the COVID just happened to wrap up right in time for the war. Well, he says, yeah, yeah. He says not for Polish people. Nothing on the news then, I'm sorry, what did you say? Not for Polish people? Bonnie says you said not for Polish people, so Polish people still have to have the passport? Uh, No, no, no. We we didn't get to the point where you had to have passport. There were some small restrictions like limited number of people without the passport in cinema or something, but no one Mm. was really taking that into account okay good you know, nice. oh plus the in point. ukraine uh, i've seen numbers that only 35 percent have uh been vaccinated in ukraine what uh, what's the uh, obedience yeah. rate there in poland how many people got the got the shot 
Uh, I would say 56, 57 percent, something around that. It's about half. So let's talk more about rescuing uh, these Ukrainians uh, from the border. You're heading there right now. It's the middle of the night. This is, uh, I presume this is not your first trip down there? Yes, actually I went on Saturday. Uh, That was very fresh. There was a lot of chaos. No one knew how many people were. And actually just the turnaround was so great that I was waiting like four hours outside. It was freezing cold. And I wasn't able to pick up anyone because there were so many people waiting to help, to give free rides, to give housing that, you know, wow. everyone was strictly going to, 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 to you know, someone with someone uh, to their home. So what is it like? You just go to the border, cro- like one of the border crossings and just randomly, you know, say, hey, I got some open seats. Come on over. Like, how, how is this going to go? Do you have any idea? Yeah, that's, that's how it was in the past. Now it's more like organized, so there are some Facebook groups, some WhatsApp groups where you can say, you know, I can go, and there's some people saying, I can, I need a ride or whatever. Mm. And actually, yes. the most, the most critical I have to say is some people are going to the Ukrainian side, you know, risking going into war. Actually, traveling even like 100 kilometers, 1,000 kilometers. Into the into the Ukraine wow. to pick up some people. So there are some brave Polish people doing that. Wow. Now, is it all women and children, or because we'd heard that the Ukrainian government is prohibiting men uh, between ages correct. eighteen and sixty from leaving the country? Yeah, that's correct. So, so if you're a man and you you are between this age, you are not able to cross the border. And I don't think they are forcing them to go to meet the military. They're just saying you cannot cross the border. Mm. And actually, I know a lot of people, you know, from, like I said, my friends and, 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 and tenants and all of those people from Ukraine. There's a lot of people going deliberately to Ukraine to fight. And, wow. and once they get through, they cannot go back. So it's a one-way trip at the moment. So just to clarify, you're saying you know Polish people who are going to Ukraine to fight? No. There are a few, there are a few, but most of it I'm talking about Ukrainian people. Ukrainians who were living Polish in Poland, people, gone back. Yes, correct, correct. And, and, and Polish people, they, they can go back, so it's, it's okay. different. So, so that's why, why Polish people go to pick up people, you know, children and women, because they can go back. So, so a lot of people from Poland are doing that. I've heard that they're also turning away trans women. They won't let them cross the border. I I don't think, I don't think, I never heard about that. (laughs) You have to also also know that Russia is really strongly playing the propaganda in the social media. They want to try to say, you know, Polish people are not really saying welcome to refugees. They are trying to, you know, get some anger between us. Mm. Okay, well, I would believe it was propaganda. That's just what I There's heard. There's propaganda on both sides. I mean, this is basically sure a, a propaganda yeah. war. Marek, what else did you want to share about your experiences so far? Yeah, so I just wanted to say, you know, as a libertarian, I, I really see this clearly now. You know, how one person with a lot of power, I'm talking about Putin, can destroy so many lives, and how, on the other side, people that are just spontaneously answering the call of need that can help each other, which gives you the idea that really, you know, we don't really need those governments and we really cannot get people into such power as Putin has that he can 
get a war out of nowhere and, you know, have such influence. We really need to stop them from gaining power. That's my take, I guess. Yeah, governments on and, both sides are definitely bad news. I mean, Putin's uh, bad, but so is uh, one, the Ukrainian government Too many as well. people have too much power. So, uh, just one more thing. Uh, just wanted to let you know, I, I visited actually Kina and we met Ian like eight years ago. And I'm planning to come uh, again to, to visit Free State. So cool. I thought so, the name sounded familiar. Then. Very cool, Marek. Thank you for the call tonight. Good luck. Those of Virginia, Virginia. <laughs> what, did that, what does that mean? Uh, it, uh, goodbye and good luck. If I, I mean, my pronunciation. Is that in Polish? Yeah, should oh, okay. be. Right. Did I get it right, Marek? Those of Virginia, Virginia. Virginia. Uh, Povodenia, I guess, is the right word. Nice. Yes, goodbye and good, good luck. Povodenia. Thank you, Marek. Have a great bye. night. Drive safe out there, and uh, good, good luck. luck. Thanks for the call tonight. Interesting story. Let's go to Sarah. She's on the line in New Mexico. Sarah. Um, yes. I've just been hearing that, you know, uh, the Bulgaria is north of Ukraine, right? So they've been uh, shooting off missiles from that country, right? Bulgaria? I th- you're talking uh, do you about mean Belarus? Belarus? Yeah, Belarus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got it all confused. Like Belarus. So what I've been hearing is that there's men. I guess they must be communists that want to join with the Russians and come down and attack Ukraine. So the only reason that they're they're trying to um, put on sanctions against um, Belarus, so they prevent that. So my whole point is that there's still a lot of um, a lot of communists in those uh, former uh, Soviet bloc countries that want to join back with Russia. And I do, I do support that the guy that called in the the soldier. He says that most of the Russians. I'm not saying all of them. Most of the Russians do support um, Putin. They only show like. How do you know 2%. that? Well, I mean, they're not having massive protests. They are having. They are having massive protests. People got arrested. Hundreds of people were arrested, Sarah. And if you're living under a dictator, you usually don't want to speak out too loud. So I'm sure there's way more people than would actually show up at the protests who are against Putin. And what the soldier that called in said was he said, no, all the Russians, they don't want you to know, but all the Russians are against it. And the ones that are are for the war and, and the ones that are against the war are only in it because of their own personal financial gain. And that was just incredibly, un, there's just no way you can say that about an entire country of people, mm-hmm. that they're all for the war and hate Ukrainians. I mean, you just can't say well, that. You know what? I, actually, I support him. I think he's speaking more of the truth. Maybe there's small three to five percent that oppose the war and they blow it up. You just made those numbers up, Sarah. Yeah, she's totally making things up. She doesn't know anything about what uh, she's saying and she's presuming that uh, there's a bunch of communists around and that this has anything to do with communism. I'm sure there are still communists in Russia and Belarus and Lithuania and Estonia, but they are in no no way, shape, or form in any level of power. Uh, It's just they have nothing now. Thank goodness. Things are much more economically free in all of the former Soviet states than they ever were under Soviet communism. Thank you for the call, Sarah. There's more coming up here. The pig story on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Talk live. Phones open. You can join us here at 
603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can watch the show on our Odyssey channel, and you can follow us there as well. Just head over to video.freetalklive.com. That's video.freetalklive.com. And you can follow us on Odyssey, which is the best video streaming platform because it's based on a protocol that is open source, blockchain-based, decentralized. It is an uncensorable media sharing protocol. It's called Library. You can go to lbry.com to learn more about Library. As we get into the story that, Bonnie, you had last night, we didn't get a chance to get to it. It is one that I actually had in my show prep, uh, I don't know, for the last couple weeks, but there's just so much to talk about. It was one of the ones I didn't get to either. It's about a man and his pig. This is from the Huffington Post. It says, man battling town over whether pot-bellied pig is livestock or emotional support pet. Uh, Ellie, the... Oh what? Oh no! I was just going to say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The po- m- emotional support animal. I thought that. That's just. I. I thought that. I love this one. Go ahead. <laughs> Ellie, the pot-bellied pig, snuggles up to Wyvern Flat as he watches TV and sometimes rolls over to let him pet her belly, just like my dog. The 110-pound pig is family. Flat says. Oh, it weighs more than A me. A little bit larger than your dog. It. It weighs more than me. Yeah. Um. An emotional support animal who helped him through a divorce and the death of his mother. Officials in his upstate village of Kana Johari see it very differently, though. To them, the pig is a farm animal. Flat is harboring in the village <laughs> illegally. The Population case... of 2,229. Yeah, I thought it was weird that they call it a village. I've never heard of a place in America being called a village. They actually have those in New Hampshire. Um, mm. Where Mark used to live was a village. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know. It's a, like a part of a town. So it's a, like a subdivision, if you will, of town. So hmm. there's like state, county, town, and then some towns, not all, have, have village. villages. Yeah. Hmm. The case could soon be headed to a criminal trial, but it has already caught the attention of pig partisans who believe the animals should be respected more as companions instead of just a food source. Hmm. Quote, I could never dream of giving away somebody who's part of my family, Flat said recently as he petted the, or patted the pig in his kitchen. She's very smart. She's more intelligent than my dogs. I think she can kind of hone in on you when you're feeling bad because she'll want to come and snuggle with you. I think it's good that they haven't actually come and kidnapped this uh, this pig at mm. this point because yeah. I kind of expected that, that he would be fighting to get his pig back, mm. but in, instead they're just fighting to try to steal it from him. So I mean, well, it's so not sad. as bad of a situation as it could be, but it's still awful that they're trying to do this to him. Like, who cares? Yeah. Why does anyone at all care about the fact that this dude's got a pig in his house? In his own house, not somebody else's house, obviously. Right. I mean, pigs are known for rooting up things, right? So if you let the pig in the yard, it's going to root. It's going to take things out of the ground. Mm. But as long know. as it does it on your property, who cares? Is, is the pig getting in the neighbor's I'm yard? sure it has its own like, area of the yard. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's not... The, I don't hear anything about the neighbors complaining about this. And if they are complaining about it, shame on them if the pig has never actually destroyed their property. Says Ellie is a knee-high Vietnamese pot-bellied pig with a black coat and hooves that clack on the floor as she walks from her kitchen to food dish. Flat was living in South Carolina when he got the pig in 2018 Hmm. when she was about as big as a shoe. That is one thing that a lot of people think about pigs 
is that the pot-bellied pigs are going to be small. Like they think of them like a teacup pig, mm. like they're always going to stay small, and then they've turned into these you know <laughs> large beasts. Now, to be fair, 110 pounds is small on a scale of pigs, but it's still way bigger than like a small dog a or something, cup, even yeah. a medium-sized dog. That's a large. That's large dog territory. Um, but anyway, go ahead. She came north with Flat in 2019 when he moved to Canna Johari, a modest village on the Mohawk River dominated by the husk of the old beech nut food plant. Flat 54 bought a fixer-upper near the business center of the village with plans to remodel it and maybe open a restaurant on part of the ground floor. He also has two cats and two dogs. By the way, I looked it up. Kana Johari. Oh, I, they, it looks hard. It. And they may have an accent. I don't know. But anyway, that go ahead. A village code enforcer told Flat he was housing Ellie illegally, even though he's... Oh, that's just making me so mad. In October 2019, during a visit for a building permit request. Oh, no. When the village noticed Ellie was still there six months later, Flat was formally notified he was violating the local code barring farm animals in the village. Violation of a zoning code is a misdemeanor under state law, according to court filings. I know what this man needs to do. It's what... Mark Edge did when Keane tried to contact him to tell him, oh, you have a dog that's not licensed. You need to give us your $4 for your dog. <laughs> he wrote them a letter back and said, I will give you your uh, money, your uh, you know ransom, when you prove to me three things. Prove that, I don't know, uh, Spot is a dog, a quote-unquote dog, mm-hmm. to prove that I, quote, own spot mm-hmm. and three prove that it lives lives quote lives on my property and they just ignored him well that is the ideal situation is to have them ignore you when it comes hmm. to these things oh yeah and in a lot of cases if they know you're gonna fight that's enough to get them to leave you alone but not in this new york town they want to go toe-to-toe with this guy and make his life a living nightmare. Apparently they've gone pretty far. It says, violation of a zoning code is a misdemeanor under state law, according to court filings. Yeah, that's up to a year in jail. Both sides have dug in since. Flat says the village is picking on his pig, which he says is clean and smart. Several of his neighbors have signed affidavits saying they like Ellie, the pig. Hmm. Okay. Village Mayor Jeff Baker said the board has no comment uh, while the court case is pending, but an attorney for the village wrote in a court filing that the pig is a potential public health hazard. She argued that if, quote, every citizen were to openly scoff at the village zoning codes, we would live in a lawless society. Which is good. (laughs) (laughs) If only people were to scoff at the uh, the zoning codes. I mean, that would be, if only 10% of the people were to scoff at the zoning codes, and that would basically end zoning. And I'm going to piss off a lot of moms right now and dads, but whenever people act like animals are just inherently dirtier than humans, I just want to throw their kids outside mm. and make their kids live outside because their kids are disgusting in most cases. A lot of humans are disgusting. Oh, you know? that's true, not just kids. I mean, <laughs> look, what's the public health hazard? I'm sorry, but what is the honest difference between my dog, who I give baths to and go and get groomed and he has you know feet that walk on the ground and your kids in their shoes and they touch things and put it in their mouths or elsewhere and they're allowed in restaurants but coconuts not Mm -hmm. it's just it's just you know sneezing on everything or whatever there's no consistency is the no of course not what exactly is the public health violation like what could a pig do 
to endanger so-called public health. Well, in your own house, uh, he could do nothing to anybody else's house. Right. What so. exactly is he going to do? Like, are you going to eat a meal off the pig's belly? What are you going to do? It's going to be a danger. I think the legal, from legal perspective, they're worried if they don't go after him for his pig, if someone, someone then, else oh, with a with a tiger or with a, a piranha, <laughs> some some exotic animal. But I said, you know, obviously it comes down to common sense and just you know, is this a one time? I think it's totally reasonable if he has a pig in his house, and if I were the judge on the case, I would dismiss it. Uh, because everybody's ignoring the zoning code. I hate to break it to you folks, but your house, I'm sure if you ripped out the drywall, there's going to be a few zoning problems that got overlooked during the inspection mm-hmm. because they were cutting corners. Well, or a lot of stuff is grandfathered in. Because or grandfathered the code, in, yeah. Like this house we're in is 1890. There was no zoning code at that time, right? That came much later. What did we so, do? What did we do before we had the government to tell us how to build our houses so they didn't burn down? Died. <laughs> Some people did, but uh, ultimately the government doesn't protect you from burning alive in your house. And the other thing that is um, so outrageous about this case is the fact that the government thinks they can just tell this man that he doesn't have a disability. Here, mm. the prosecution it says, "quote Defendant provided no legitimate proof mm. that he is a person under disability, and no proof that his disability was remedied by having an emotional support animal, nor that the particular how are you animal, supposed to prove? Yeah, that? how can you prove that? How can I prove to somebody that I love coconut? How can I prove to somebody? David. So, <laughs> no, no, seriously, that's usually what I do. Like, for example, if, uh, you know, say some property gets seized and you don't have the receipts to show you own it, you can sign an affidavit saying, I own it. So, hmm. and that's proof, or at least it goes in favor of showing you own it. All right. Well, yeah, I guess he could sign an affidavit. Saying I mean, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it might well, work. That's pretty much the story. It says here that uh, the trial's been delayed. So, we may get an update on this later on as this case develops. Um, luckily, like I said, he still has the pig at home. So, and he can face best. jail time. It says in this. So you're right. Wow, it's insane. And of course, then what are they going to do? The pig? They said they will take it away if and he loses. And then do what to it? I don't know. Yeah. Well, everybody, see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, keep living free. FreeTalkLive.com.